0: Welcome to the Awakened Masculinity Podcasts. I am your host, Lorreen Kren, and this podcast is dedicated to help you understand women better, experience deeper levels of intimacy, and grow in confidence. It will arm you with powerful tools and insights to awaken your true potential. The world needs awakened men more than ever before. Welcome guys to episode 59 of the awakened masculinity podcast. Today I'm going to introduce someone who is very dear to my heart. His name is Alan Isbell. He's a men's coach and mindfulness facilitator, group facilitator. And I mean, I've been working in a group setting, but also had a couple of one on one calls with Alan and in the last, for the last, in the last six months. For the last six months, we've been working together. And guys, I can tell you this, this is a real motherfucker. This is a really powerful man who is showing up, who is doing the deep work. I mean, I don't want to judge anyone here, but this is this is not, I, I didn't see Alan's Instagram and then, yeah, come on the podcast. No, I know this man. And I'm, I'm honored to know this man and he has taught me many things and has been great guidance in the field of men's work, helped me to make my coaching much, much more powerful. Yeah. So I'm really honored to have you on the podcast, Alan.
1: Yeah, and it's all mine. Odin, thank you so much for having me, man.
0: So welcome. So could you tell the audience what it is that you're doing
1: Well, I don't know if I can tell it better than you just told it, but yes, what I do is deep inner work with men and with couples in the form of one-on-one coaching and group programs. Hmm. And it's fucking beautiful, man. It's such fulfilling work. Um, It's an honor to be a part of it.
0: So you both coach, you coach people one-on-one, you also coach couples and you also coach in a group, in a group environment. That's right. I would love to go a little bit more into that just so you can answer this. Uh, how how are these things different from another? I mean, a group setting is very much different than a couple yeah. setting or one-on-one setting. I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, uh, well each have their different dynamics. Mm. Um, For example, I've got a a men's group coaching program going right now with 10 men, 11 including myself. And when men come into a space where they feel a number of other men also Mm. there who are present, who are dedicated to their growth, who are hungry for for learning and for wisdom and for vulnerability Mm. and to really be seen, something shifts you know there's, there's a change that happens in us uh that's different when well for example if our partner's there right mm. if we're doing couples work all of our all of our stuff <laughs> will come up right all of our habits and maths and all the rest is possible um to come up when your partner's there that might not come up if they weren't and then one-on-one you know there's no hiding there's mm. no There's no one else to pawn off the, the, the focus on. So one-on-one has its own, uh, deep potential for, for powerful, powerful practice and experience. And, um, yeah, each is unique.
0: I love what you mentioned here, especially the part that when you are in a group setting, a unique group setting, let's say only women or only men, Mm -hmm. it's this immense, powerful container. It's so yeah. different when you're just, yeah, when you're just with your partner, for instance. And it's like when I joined the men's, men's, men's coaching program 2020, it was in beginning of May, I think it started. It was like it, you feel almost held, like you create such an incredible, powerful container of so many hungry men willing to do the deep work. So, so how has that experience been for you? And how is that experience currently? How does that feel to have ten hungry men?
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing, um, and you've already given me permission, but I just want to make sure I can I can drop a few f bombs here or there. Always,
0: <laughs> you know me, man. You know me. <laughs>
1: um, I've come off of coaching sessions before. And my wife is like too many f bombs. Too many. Mm. So I always have to make sure it's okay. Um, so seeing these guys in this in this group program uh, and to see the like how a man who's totally new to this kind of work will approach it um, and see the kinds of layers that, that he can shed. Um, and as he does so seeing the guys with more experience hold him in that, as you said, like that experience of being held by a group of men <clears throat> who aren't gonna judge you for your vulnerability mm. or for the things that you share that you're ashamed of or have never told anyone. Um, but actually love you more, like like, uh, like, honor you more, respect you more, hmm. it's a totally different experience than, than we're used to.
0: And I mean, you mentioned the locker room talk here and there is a specific example that comes up for me. I mean, when I, I mean, maybe you had similar experiences but I come from that exact same backgrounds. And when I brought really some vulnerable, some more of the deeper pain I was experiencing, it was sometimes I wasn't bullied or anything because I was always the kind of tough uh, jock guy, but I, it was, it was met with laughter. You know, there was this, this yeah. kind of, haha you're just vulnerably sharing something here right now. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and it, it's, but it's, it's, it looks funny. Like from, if, from, if, if you, if you, if you, if someone sees it from the outside, it's like someone is vulnerably sharing something, everyone is laughing and making jokes right. about it, right. but it it can really be, I wouldn't say traumatizing but it can really feel unsafe. Oh yeah. And it can it can create this this kind of response that or kind this kind of belief I'm not worthy to to express my pain and right. when I express my pain other men laugh about me. Right. Other men joke about me. Other men don't accept me for who I am. Yeah. And I think that's when we get into the whole playing a fucking role. Like yeah. I played the jock, I trained in the gym. And I, I would say 80, 90% of why I used to work out in the past was only to play this role so right. I could impress other guys. Right. So when, when a man comes to your coaching, to your, to your groups and is, is trapped in that, trapped in playing a role, which so many of us are, yeah. what would you tell them? What's the first thing you'd say?
1: Well, I think it really starts when you set the container. You set that tone for your time together. Mm. Uh, because in that you can you can state out loud, this is a different space. This is not the locker room. This is not, uh. you know, the, the campus or wherever it is, you we've had so many of our formative experiences The the party, whatever. This is a radical space that can receive anything, like that can hold you in anything, where you can bring everything. And in fact, if you don't bring it, it's a disservice.
0: Yeah. But See, not, in a, not in a sense of shaming someone. No, obviously. Of course.
1: Right? Right. Yeah. But just th- like a disservice to your potential.
0: Mm. Right? Whoa. But it's a total paradigm and mindset shift. You're, you're going in there and you are, it's a disservice if you don't share yourself vulnerably and don't express and bring all the layers of who right. you are to the group and,
1: and i would add you know because it's so easy to put it on just the vulnerable piece yeah but really it's as the second part of what you said it's all the layers mm. it's everything the full spectrum from the, the light to the dark and that's the kind of space that i like to to be in uh, and yeah. like to facilitate for men because we don't get that anywhere else And in fact, we've, most of us have had so many experiences like you've shared that have told us that it's not okay for us to have, to like express ourselves in so many different
0: ways. And I believe that's also why men's work and especially men's group settings are so popular these days. It's because there is such a yearning for such a space and, um, I mean, we, the only actually other place where there is still some kind of initiation into manhood is the military. But we all know that 99% of what the military offers, I don't know specifics, don't take me literally here, guys, but 99% of what I've heard from other people who went to the military, I mean, it's probably completely different in, in the States than in Europe, but it's, this, it's, it's, it's exactly this kind of locker room talk, counting with how many women you have slept So, I believe there is such an incredible yearning. And I'm sure you can feel that in the men that, that where you, which in groups you facilitate with men or one on one coaches, there's this. And I mean, I personally, when I have, I coach men and women, as you guys know. But when coaching a man, and I'm sure you can resonate with this, sometimes you don't even have to say anything, Mm. just being in the space, boom, the tears, the tears roll down the cheeks. Mm. Yeah
1: what we evoke from the world is representative of our depth. So a man comes onto a coaching call with you instantly. Mm -hmm. He's going to, he's going to feel the depth that you're creating. And that is an invitation, right? Mm -hmm. Your fearlessness, your heart, your vulnerability, your presence, this massive door for him to walk through. And if he chooses to, right. And that's the, that's the choice. Is he going to, stay where he is and keep that disservice to his potential as you're going to walk through it and see what's on the other side. Um, and again, there's not many spaces like that.
0: And we can, we can bring that depth. I love that depth you mentioned that evokes such beauty in the world and from other people, we can bring this, the same depth that we just mentioned in the coaching example can be brought in an intimate relationship, for instance, which is my main topic. And so, when you when you work with couples now let's go into the man example here how can a man evoke this 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 depth and this this beauty the a deep intimacy with a woman yeah evoke her feeling safe feeling seen mm-hmm. feeling emotionally and spiritually connected that's how i wanted to put it yeah,
1: yeah. you know i think i think what, hap- what must happen first is for him to experience those things. Hmm. I believe that he, as the man, has to have that experience of being totally free, totally safe, totally expressive, vulnerable, powerful, right? Fierce. All of those things, he has hmm. to have that in his body. Fuck. So he can say, come this way.
0: Oh, <laughs> Ooh, fuck man. There is, I can feel the energy here. Yeah. And I think there's this beautiful thing. You can only take others as far as you have gone yourself.
1: Yeah. 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 And typically we think of that as like, you know, coaching, facilitating, guiding others. Hmm. It's true. But also for it's true for your intimate relationship. If it's just an idea, in your head that you read in some awesome book, it's gonna go as far as you know, here your head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I can so relate to this. I mean, just sharing out my personal story. When I read when I read David Data's book, The Superior Man, I understood the ideas like conceptually. My mm-hmm. my rational mind was like, Yeah, that's true. But when I tried to apply that in my intimate relationship at that time. I felt so miserably, like I could literally feel how my girlfriend felt less safe mm-hmm. because I wasn't embodying that. I ha- I hadn't had an embodied experience, a felt experience, and this is, I think, what you're referring to. A felt experience. It's not you know what freedom means to you, but you feel free in your body in this moment. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, in in Buddhism. They say there's three kinds of wisdom, the wisdom that you read from the scriptures traditionally, Mm. the wisdom that you receive through oral transmission from a teacher or or from a friend, some kind of wise advice. And the third, which is the highest or deepest sense of wisdom is the wisdom of your own experience. (sighs) That's the wisdom that moves you. That's the wisdom that makes change.
0: I can feel that coming from you, brother. And what interesting co- interestingly comes up here is, I believe that is also how we can differentiate teachers who embodied something and teachers who not necessarily have that embodied what they're teaching. So, And this is not meant in the, ju- in the realm of judging, but it's in the sense of when you come from your own, the wisdom of your experience, that's where people can really feel and relate to you. I don't know about you but when I to, when I try to adapt some concept in my relationship or in my coaching, I can literally feel how something feels off. I can feel this feels off because maybe right. the client or my girlfriend would have a it would have a beautiful experience mm-hmm. but there is something that doesn't feel quite right
1: at Which ironically it's the exact same thing that your partner is feeling from you.
0: Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's, that's the, that's the absolute depth we've just reached is it's this really, really authentic place. And only when you come from that place, then people, then you can evoke the depth that you mentioned before. So let's go a little bit deeper if possible into this, yeah,
1: right.
0: how can a man connect to that authentic core yeah. and really bring his experience into the world? Yeah.
1: Well, I think one of the best ways to do it these days is to find, find a space like the ones we've been talking about where he can go in, be guided, uh, surrender to that guidance and, experience that thing for himself that's the, that's i mean that's how i did it that's the surefire way um because it's it's hard to we we cheat ourselves all the time right mm. we cheat ourselves out of our own potential out of our own um depth our own capability all of it so if we try and go for it on our own we're gonna get to about three out of ten and be like fuck yeah i did it <laughs> <laughs> So going to a space where you can someone have like someone can have their eye on you and and say like yeah there's more there, there's more there and encourage you to keep digging. You can you can ha- you can have that space. Um and then once that's in your body, then you can go and access it, right? Once you've reached that, you know, eight out of ten, nine out of ten, ten out of ten, then you know how it feels. You can you can then uh recreate it, right? Um and there's You know, the best places to do that are alone, in isolation, in silence, um, in nature. Places where you can be totally free of self-judgment, judgment judgment from others, uh, self-criticism, self-limitation of your expression. We kind of need to like practice in those spaces where we can be uh, uh, at an 11 almost like extra free so that when we're in the real space, when we're when we're in the actual moments, we can be at a seven or you know an eight, and it's comfortable, it's natural because we've we've played with our range, right? We've played with what's possible as far as our fierceness or our 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 dark energy or our or our deep love, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, I truly I truly feel that, man, and uh, especially when you mentioned about the the part of self-judgments, self-criticism. I mean, that's a big one, both for men and women. Um, what's a way you can be gentle, more gentle with yourself?
1: Well, you know, I think one of the first ways is to understand where that stuff comes from. Yeah. Because coming back to your story uh, around sharing vulnerably and being you know, laughed at I feel that a lot of those self-judgments and criticisms that we have were were judgments or criticisms from others that we've internalized and made our own. And so by coming to understand your story and um, unpacking it and feeling the emotions around it, starting to have a bit of a bird's eye view on it so it's not just this little voice that's always going. It's like you can see that voice. You can know where it's, it's come from from there, you can start to create empathy and understanding Mm. and say,
0: I love the word empathy here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because when you were 13 or whenever that experience happened for you, you didn't have the tools to to digest it. Now you do. So by taking that time to understand that story, process those emotions, create some understanding and empathy with it, then you can start to choose something different. Mm. Right. I don't need to block my, my vulnerable expression anymore. I'm, I'm safe to express myself however it right is I choose. Yeah, and, ha- and I love, love that you mentioned
0: having empathy with the resistance that might come up, having empathy with, you, with yourself because we have so much empathy for others. I mean, I hope we have it unless we're a fucking sociopath, but we have so much empathy for others. But I mean, a shared brother of us, Matthew, he um he phrased it to me like this he said if we act in towards ourselves our inner world outside of us in the outer world it would be called brutal violence and we would probably be locked up these weren't the exact words he used but i made this my own right now isn't that accurate that we If we would react the way we criticize, judge ourselves, we're so harsh on ourselves. No, you're not allowed to feel that. And maybe even going as far as you're a fucking asshole, judging yourself in such a way. If we were doing it outside of our body and our inner experience, it would be called violence. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Matthew, he's a wise one.
0: Yeah, he is.
1: One of my favorites.
0: He looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars. (laughs)
1: Oh, that's fucking amazing. i never
0: thought about that. He does, right? He's a Jedi master. He's like a Jedi master. But but here's the other thing you mentioned. You mentioned blind spots. And this is such a big one. Blind spots. I mean, especially, I would say, especially for men, especially for men, there is this tendency to be like, I'm good. I'm feeling amazing. At the same time, cortisol levels are high. There is this kind of, we men are masters at at believing our own bullshit story that our relationship is perfectly that our business, that our, that our purpose, that we're living our purpose, but in truth, we aren't. So, yeah. And I love that you mentioned that the actually the only way is to have someone call you out on that because you can't call yourself out on your own bullshit. At least most of the time you can't.
1: Well, it's hard to right? If you're a David Goggins, then yeah. You can do it. <laughs> Most
0: but, of us aren't. But I'm not sure if David Goggins is really, have, has a lot of empathy for himself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So for me, he embodies this really fierce warrior, mm-hmm. really like powerful, really powerful. But uh, I, I mean, yeah, the self-talk. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing is um, to call yourself out on your bullshit doesn't necessarily require empathy. That's true. To to resolve the things that are creating that bullshit and to actually move through them, dissolve them, you're going to need some empathy.
0: Yeah. And something I'm hearing a lot from clients and probably you hear as well is what if people can't be with that intensity, like Mm -hmm. the intensity of their grief, their pain, their anxiety, like they want to sit with it, right? They want to really be with it, but it's too intense. What's something you would recommend there?
1: Well, yeah, there's wisdom in that. Um, Mm. You know, if you're massaging a knot in someone's back, you can only do it for so long before it just becomes abusive, right? It becomes too intense to actually do any good. So titrating, go into it and then go out. Uh, Go into it and then go out. Be with it and then like be with the, the dark depths of your grief and then fucking play. You know, do something totally different. Let it, let it be. If we're in constant process mode, we get burnt out. And Mm. in fact, it just magnetizes those things that we're processing to an extent that we just feel like everything's a problem all the time. (laughs) Um, And I talk, I talk with like my, the people I work with as, uh, as couples, I'll ask them this question often, like, what's your play to process ratio?
0: Wow. Fuck. You dropped a couple of gems but this one is boom
1: so many of us are just process 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 it's it's amazing to me how many how many couples have answered probably like 90 10 fuck 90 to
0: to process and i think this is a huge topic especially in the realms of spirituality and the spiritual community let's call it that way it's this kind of i gotta heal i gotta heal myself and i see a lot of danger in that because I came in with that mindset into this journey, but it became a a loaded self judgment. I got, no, you can't be feeling that you got to heal yourself, but this kind of really cripples. This is what you mentioned before. I'm just using a different, I'm just saying the same thing you said before, just in different words. It really cripples you. It just emphasizes, it gives energy to these exact things. We don't necessarily want to feel.
1: Right. Right. And, and, just to go back to your original question, like it's important to feel those things. Yeah, That's the only way that that they're going to move through you is by feeling them. Um, so we have to do it at some point, but we don't have to beat ourselves over the head with our grief <laughs> or our, our sadness or our, our neuroticism, right? Um, we can have some lightheartedness about it. We yeah. can go into it and then go out of it, right? And we can also go into it for in, in different ways. It's another, like go into it with a coach, and then rest, relax, hmm. have fun, be with your kids, be with your friends, your partner. And then journal about it. Process it in that way. So you can go at it in different ways, right? Reflect on your dreams. What are your dreams telling you about that process? But if you, like what will happen with couples very often is, is they'll just, you know, <laughs> the same uh, you know slew of triggers will trigger them at some point, And then they'll just go into the, talk process like mm. it's this she he said she said he said she yeah. said he said she said just back and forth and they'll you know they'll think it's about the the dishes <laughs> yeah and then they'll think it's about the do- door being unlocked when it should have been unlocked mm. will think it is about this and that and this and that and they'll just find all these excuses to continue this continuously process um and when we are believing in the spiritual community ideals of like we have to do this, this is our deep work, yeah you know, um, it, it, we think we have some like high spiritual morality around these silly arguments that we're getting into, thinking that we're you know doing deep work, but in fact, we're just swimming in our own on our own bullshit, and it's not serving anybody um, so yeah, it, basically bringing some lightness to it, bringing mm. some bringing some some humor some play like our last couples like when was the last time you just spent a day playing together no process Fuck. no relationship shit just playing and uh the answer is usually never
0: like we've never wow. done that and I, and I mean i hear this a lot from men and women and this is a very big one it's this kind of and you kind of touched upon that it's this kind of people labeling their relationship, a conscious relationship. I mean, conscious relationship work. You hear it everywhere, right? You hear it, you hear it fucking everywhere. Conscious relationship work. We are all in a conscious relationship. And while, uh, while a part of me loves that there's also this part of me, which says, okay, but you can also very easily bullshit yourself. And, and it's like you said, process, process, find ways to be in the process and it's, it's just strengthening your wounds. Yeah. And it's this kind of, and, and a phrase I hear so often, and I'm so used to it already. I'm sure you do as well is, yeah, but, but, you know, we're healing and we're just working through these things and so much has changed, but it's also, and this is the phrase, it's so intense. It's so intense because we are so connected. We are twin flames, whatever, but it it really almost sounds like an excuse. It sounds like, in other words, it sounds like we're constantly experiencing wounds, but I want to label this relationship. I know this is highly provocative, but I want to label this relationship, which is so wounded because when you constantly argue about the dishes, there is a deeper wound here. There is a deeper wound. Like you said, it has nothing to do with the dishes. Mm -hmm. to label something where wounds are just clashing against each other as a conscious or twin flame. I I believe his big topic is that we spiritualize a lot of stuff, which is just our shadow. I mean, yeah.
1: And to justify probably staying in something that maybe on a deeper level, we know we shouldn't stay in, but it's hard to speak in generalities too. Yeah, for, For some people, I mean just to just to say, like to work through your wounds is not usually at least at first pleasurable. No. Right? No. So it's gonna be painful. Um, it's not gonna be fun when your mommy and daddy stuff comes up as your partner, right? It's gonna suck. And it does (laughs) suck every time. Yeah. But if you're always in that if you're always magnetizing that in your relationship and focusing on it um, and talking about it and processing it and labeling it under these you know these fun spiritual uh nicknames it it's it's not gonna it's gonna lose its life
0: yeah quickly yeah yeah and it's I mean, a, a, an interesting example that came up for me is, and I know I'm provocative again, but my audience knows this already of me, Don't is worry. this kind of, I'm a free spirit, you see? I'm I'm this free spirit and I, I can't, and I, like when the committed relationship gets too intense, no, I have to be a free spirit. Of course, there can be some truth there that you are really need more freedom. but But very often this would just be, we could be trapped in an avoidance cycle where when someone goes, comes really, really loves us and gives us this available, deep love, this healthy intimacy. And then you're like, no, I gotta be a bird that flies in the wind and you gotta Mm -hmm. give me more space. And of course it's like you said, it's very difficult to talk about this in general terms because sometimes it really might be just the case that you need more freedom. And it doesn't mean that you are in a massive wound it just means you gotta need more freedom in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're so right. So often it's easy to spiritualize, you know, the wounds we receive from our parents.
0: Yeah. So, totally different topic. But yeah. could you describe in your own words what is a conscious man?
1: Hmm. To me, a conscious man is a man who is Mm self-aware of where he's at and dedicated to where he's going. Self-aware of where he's at and dedicated to where he's going.
0: I like the self-aware. I mean, you mentioned this to me once or twice. I think it's about the, the mature warrior knows his limitations. Yeah. But at the same time, he's not necessarily drowning in his limitations and saying, Oh, I'm so limited. No, he has his dedication. He knows where he's going. He has his vision, but he also is present to what is showing up. Right. So I believe a powerful example would be that just comes up right now is you can be the most powerful man creating such a deep vision, but you might have your mommy or daddy issues coming up in your relationship and now avoiding that and saying, boy, I got this big mission. I'm this conscious man is probably not what the conscious man would do in your own words, right?
1: Right, yeah, yeah. And it, it applies in so many different places too. Like it, really it's the difference between the hero and the warrior. Yeah. And we think the hero is the, you know, the badass. Like our, all our movies tell us that the hero is the hero, right? The, the one that deserves the glory and all the praise. But in uh, at least as far as um, the depth psychologists uh, decided that there's a difference between the hero archetype and the warrior archetype. And the, the difference is that the warrior archetype knows his limitations. He knows, he knows his blind spots. Um, he's at least aware of them. And th- that comes right back to the beginning of our conversation around how men can or how men tend to go alone and think they can do things themselves. But in fact, it's quite hard to because it's so hard to see our limitations and and also like accept them and then act on them. So you can be the most badass, you know, warrior in the world and have an amazing (laughs) business. But if you suck at writing, you should be aware of that and get support on it, you know? Yeah. If your relationship is in shambles, you can't just like not look at that thing and keep going with the things that are working out for you. Yeah. You know? So knowing your limitations. And and that's that's the beauty because then another warrior can come and support you. Right? Mm. When you say I'm limited here, another man can step in and say, I've got you.
0: Yeah. And I would even go as far as saying knowing your limitations means you liberate yourself. You can only be liberated as far as you know, your blind spots, your shit, your limitations. You cannot be free if you are avoiding no matter how powerful you are. But if you're avoiding just a, just a tiny thing, which keeps popping up in your life. Yeah. Then this thing will most, most likely block you from going even a level deeper. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking powerful stuff here, man. One of the last questions I want to ask you before we bring this podcast to an end is I know you are a mindfulness facilitator. You have told, you have shared with me that you are teaching in colleges and high schools, meditations, and of course, also in your coaching. But what, what are some easy ways we can be more mindful in our everyday life? And this is now both for women and men, I believe, same yeah. principle here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, there's, there's, there's many, many ways. Um, The simplest is to create time and space to do so Hmm. because it's so easy to bullshit ourselves uh, and and to think we're doing something that we're actually not. (laughs) (laughs) But if you sit down in a room where there's no phone, and no TV, there's no partner, there's you no know, nothing, and you sit there and decide to pay attention to your breath. You, you'll see pretty quickly, you know, how mindful you are, um, or how mindful you're not.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And there's no judgment. Really, it, it's just um, there's a quality of momentum that's included in mindfulness that. I think is the main deterrent for people to not practice it because it's not easy it's not um, it's a lot easier to go on instagram or facebook and get you know validation and dopamine and all the rest yeah. there than it is to sit down and train your mind to pay attention to one thing in a way that's relaxed <laughs> in a way that's non-judgmental
0: yeah yeah I, I mean, I can so relate to this, to everything you said, but especially that last piece you mentioned is it's so fucking easy to just take this phone and scroll and, and you can really bullshit yourself and think you're doing something productive here. Well, you don't necessarily think, oh, this is so productive what I'm doing, but in your brain, at least cognitively, you think you're doing something.
1: Right. Yeah. And it, yeah.
0: And because your brain
1: is doing something it's exactly a bunch of <laughs> low-grade
0: yeah yeah and i mean i love that i mean this what comes to me up is this is the real deep work and we got to be careful with the word real because what is real and what isn't but mm. real deep work sitting in a room no phone and, and spending some time with your mind yeah this is just like when you're with a when you are coming into a group setting just only men or only women and you will easily find out how liberated and how free you truly are. Yeah. It's the same thing. And it's, it's so humbling. I believe Mm. it's so humbling because no matter what I have achieved in my life, when I go my meditation, I'm not like, yeah, I'm such a fucking amazing, cool dude. (laughs) I'm crushing life. Well, I might feel like I'm crushing life, but it's so much more humble Mm. and, and subtle and much, much deeper than that. Yeah. Much, much deeper than that.
1: Yeah. But the thing is that's you know, ninety-nine percent of people, ninety-nine percent of the time, are practicing the exact opposite of that yeah. kind of depth. Yeah. Because of, of how you know accessible things like this are, our phones are. Um so we're actively practicing the opposite of mindfulness. Yeah. So when wow. we sit there,
0: we're actively, I just want to reflect it back to the audience. We're actively practicing the opposite of mindfulness.
1: Yeah. <sighs> so you sit down, you're like, fuck yeah, I heard Lordeen and Alan talking about practicing mindfulness. I'm gonna go in and do it. <laughs> in about six seconds, your brain is gonna be all over the place. Yeah. And that's not the important part. Like it, it could happen in six seconds. It could happen in 60 minutes. Maybe you sit there with total pristine clarity for 60 minutes. How many times your brain wanders into unconscious, unmindfulness doesn't matter. It's bringing it back. It's having the <sighs> presence of awareness to bring your attention back to here and now that matters.
0: That's, hmm. that's the practice. Bringing it back to what matters being present with what is and this is this is a tough one isn't it mm-hmm. it's a fucking tough one yeah like and some yeah please keep so going defi- please go on.
1: defining defining what matters to you is an important piece um you know like for example coming out of i was sitting this morning sitting this morning and you know I was paying attention to my breath and all of a sudden, I think our conversation came into my mind. Yeah. I started thinking about it, or planning. I'm, I'm leaving for a week here in a minute, and so I got all these things to plan and all this stuff. Yeah. And what came to my mind is, what's more important, me reflecting on all these things and doing these mental gymnastics, or being with the depth of my present experience that is my breath as it comes in and out. And the breath is not sexy. It's not exciting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe, maybe yours isn't, but mine definitely is. <laughs>
1: but the depth that, that the breath can lead to.
0: Yeah. Is, mm. is sexy. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: it, it is masculine, sexy. <laughs>
0: But like, really, you don't have me often in a podcast where I constantly make this kind of poof sounds, <laughs> <laughs> but you dropped some abnormally powerful gems here. Mm. This is some deep stuff, man. And guys, I want to reflect on that. This is an immense depth from which this is coming from, but I don't have mm. to say this because people can feel that. Mm. So brother, I I could have this conversation another three hours with you easily
1: yeah
0: yeah but um to bring this podcast to an end yeah i wanted to there is always something i do with my with my i wanted to say clients but with my guests obviously (laughs) (laughs) with my guests is let's play a little game and that always sounds super creepy but it's a conscious (laughs) game (laughs) (laughs) so how it works is super simple I just ask you a question and you're only allowed to answer with one word or one sentence. The sentence can be as long as possible. So, or you can just answer one word. Okay. So feel free to let whatever come, come up. So the first question is what does the world need the most right now? Hmm.
1: Empathetic perspective.
0: Empathetic perspective, especially during these times where we're in. I really feel that. Love that. Yeah. What's the one thing you take with you if you are stranded on a deserted island? Guitar, man. Guitar? Yeah. I fucking love that. Yeah. My first love. <laughs> <laughs> if you had only 24 hours to live, what would you do? Oh,
1: I would call everyone in my life mm. who I've had some kind of connection with, you know, as much as possible, um, express my deep love, express my deep gratitude, clean up anything that needed to be cleaned up. that wasn't, wasn't yet cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I would fly to Tibet probably and uh, get a badass group of monks to, to gather around me and guide me for, <laughs> for the journey of
0: the that is the most unique answer I've ever heard in any podcast mm. and I love it I do the same okay. we, gotta find, we gotta find those enlightened Tibetan ma- Tibetan masters <laughs> that we make sure we don't get trapped in the cycle of samsara again
1: yeah, I might go. to I just go to you too if uh, they're not available.
0: <laughs> I will go to you, so we might. <laughs> but then we're gonna have a problem because I will want you to guide me.
1: Oh well, you have also only a twenty-four hours. Away. Well,
0: no, actually, no. Yeah, Let, that makes let's, sense. Let's
1: cycle it. I'll go let's for, cycle it. <laughs> I'll guide you from the other side.
0: <laughs> so, the next one is, and this is not necessarily a question. Just finish the sentence. Okay. The awakened warrior is a fucking badass no i'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the awakened
1: warrior is an awakened warrior is an awakened warrior in, in the truest sense of the word the mm. he's awake he's not he's not unmindful he's mm. he's present and alert to what matters to him um a, 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 him is also like the you know the feminine has their own archetype of the warrior too. So sub sub awakened warrior for awakened warrior ass and him for her. And you yeah, got it.
0: absolutely, absolutely um, loved it.
1: There's more there, but but you know the warrior of the heart.
0: Yeah. warrior of the heart. Yeah. yeah. Last one, before we wrap this up. Yeah. Um, where do you see the world in 50 years from now on?
1: Where do I see the world in 50 years?
0: be as optimistic or pessimistic as you feel about it.
1: Oh, I'm optimistic. Same I mean, here. I'm extremely optimistic. Same
0: here. Optimist by nature.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to speak in generalities, but I, yeah. I, I think we see some immense change happening through, um, younger generations that that don't, you know, they don't have the megaphone of the media, but yeah. are some serious change makers i don't know if you know any young kids but um you know i think that with each passing generation there's a more enlightened consciousness wow so yeah i'm optimistic that they're going to take care of me as i'm as i'm just chilling you know
0: (laughs) that's the kind of life you want to live (laughs) no man i'm really really fucking feeling that in my bones so brother where can people find you? Where can people find your incredible, amazing work and, and learn more from the immense depth that you bring into the world?
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate your, uh, your appreciation of my work. Well, the best way is, is through one-on-one work or group work. Yeah. That's that's, that's where I'm most available right now. Yeah. Um, you can find me on social media, which yeah.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to put all the social media links in the show notes, guys. I will also put Alan's Instagram when I shout him out on Instagram. So you'll have no problem to find him everywhere. And, and I've, you have a free giveaway currently, yeah. right? Yeah. I,
1: see. yeah so I have, I have a, um, I have a giveaway called the vision technique, hmm. which essentially helps both men and women clarify what it is that is their vision for their life. And to do so in three easy steps, but also steps that you can practice with. So it's not just like some, you know, most free giveaways are like you spend 30 seconds on it or five yeah. minutes on it when you're done. If you actually did this thing, you'll see results. Trust me. I've used it many times myself. Many clients have used it to see results. So. I'll share that with uh, with your audience. I love would love yeah. to
0: do that. So so there we, I'm going to put the link. I'm going to put the link into into the show notes as well. Can they okay. find it through your link tree on Instagram as well? I
1: believe so. If not awesome. they should be able to so all right. Yeah. Make, make awesome.
0: Happen. Awesome okay. guys. So either through Alan's link tree on Instagram or you find everything everything in the show notes. So brother, thank you for joining the podcast. Um, mm. it was an honor. It was an honor to interview a man of your depth and, and wisdom.
1: Thank you, Lodin. Uh, I appreciate everything you're doing in the world and uh, everything you see in me is just, is just a reflection of yourself.